In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 301st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons prevailed 21-14 over the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday in Jacksonville to improve to 5-6 and six on the season. The Jaguars dropped to 2-9. and nine. And in this episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, we're going to review that game, tell you where the videos and quotes are. Then we're going to get into the game notes, player notes, team stats and player stats together. Then we're going to talk about a tweet out there that I got with regards to this playoff talk here of a 5-6 and team. But uh, we're going to get to all of that today here on the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. But let's start with the game. Coderell Patterson had been missing. He got injured in the Dallas game. Uh, came out with the rest of the starters. So no injury was announced till later. Then on, um, he misses the New England game. And the offense couldn't do a thing. Couldn't get anything on third downs. Couldn't score touchdowns. Uh, had two field goals over 27 possessions. They didn't score on the first possession in this game. But they got rolling behind the uh, running back. They took him off a kickoff team and said, hey, we got to get this running game going. And uh, they kind of angled it up a little bit differently, uh, mixed in some power runs with the wide zone, and cut it loose for a season high, 149 yards. Corderell Patterson had 16 carries for 118 yards and uh, two touchdowns. And... Caught two passes for 27 yards. So that's 18 touches, 135 yards of offense, and two touchdowns for the Falcons. So you take that out of the attack, and, yeah, it's going to be missing. So uh, he's going to have to be a force down the stretch here. The Falcons uh, have six games to go in the first 17-game season, and they're right in the middle of the pack. And we'll discuss that later. Video, but let's talk about that 12-yard touchdown run because I thought that was a thing of beauty. I sat there running the Fox tape back and forth uh, in the second quarter, and uh, it was just some good blocking. You know, when they talk about, yeah, it takes all 11, yeah, it does because on a play like that to mow a pro team down from 12 yards out, uh, you know, granted they were, you know, dejected because they had to come back on the field because – uh, some jack wagon tried to jump over the field goal unit, <laughs> but hey, that's the Jaguars' life they're living. Uh, you know they had the Falcons stop. They got the turnover, couldn't move it, kicked the kicked the uh, young Hoku field goal, but uh, the Robinson Harris guy decides to jump over the line, and that's called a leverage penalty and automatic first down. So the Falcons got the ball at the twelve. But what happened next was. Um, was noteworthy. 
The 12 yard run uh, was blocked up beautifully. Uh, Drew Dahlman was in at center. He's alternating now with Matt Hennessy. Two series apiece. Two series Matt Hennessy. Two series Drew Dahlman. Uh, Coach Smith said that's going to be the, that way the rest of the way here. So Drew gets his guy. He gets a little pushed back a little bit, but he gets some turn to the right. Uh, Lindstrom powers his guy to the right, and uh, McGarry gets enough of his guy to make him run around. By that time he gets there, Patterson's going straight ahead on a you know power eye, straight ahead dive. So Jalen Mayfield comes over and gets in the middle, and uh, Jake Matthews comes down too and ends up over there, and uh, Keith Smith. Gets the gets the key block out front on Miles Jack, but he said, "Hey, yeah, y'all just see my blocks, but everybody had good blocks." And then when you roll it uh, back and forth and slow it down, you see that blocking on that. Corderell gets to the two before anyone comes over, and he uh, powers his way on in from there. So that was a heck of a you know sudden change play. You know they're dejected. They're right back on the field. I thought they had a stop, and then, boom, you run it right down their throat for 12 yards. So that kind of set the tone. Uh, got the Falcons a 14-3 to lead. They come out uh, extended to 21-3 on their first possession of the second half, and then that was just too much for the Jags to, you know, put together some offense, you know, um, to, to overcome 21 to three, they got a touchdown, a two point conversion, and a field goal. But you know they they got it to 21 14, but then couldn't uh, do anything in the final minute. So the rookie Trevor Lawrence is learning his way, uh, learning how to win in the NFL. Doesn't have a lot of his weapons. Robinson's nicked up. DJ Chark is out. Travis T- Etienne uh, didn't make it to the season. Uh, and uh, so, you know, he's throwing a Tavon Austin, a ninth-year veteran, former high draft pick, Laquan Treadwell, former Falcon, and a couple tight end cats I never heard of. Uh, but Dan Arnold got hurt and left the game with a knee injury. So Trevor's uh, in a bad place right now, first rookie year, 2-9. and nine. Uh, But, you know, the story, the narrative is, uh, you know, Peyton Manning went 3-13 and 13 and uh, – in, in 1998, and, and the Colts got it together. So we'll see if this bunch down here can get it together for Trevor Lawrence, the uh, high school legend from Cartersville High. Went on to play at Clemson, Win that, won some national titles up there. So um, video-wise, we on AJC.com. Just get to the Falcons page. Hope you got that bookmark. And go down to our video section. And we got four from the game last night. Arthur Smith, uh, Carterill Patterson, Matt Ryan, and uh, Keith Smith. My um, device was, you know, I'm off the podium. So, it's you know, you can hear me loud and clear and I'm breathing. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, but you can't hear the audio dips on Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan and Patterson and Keith Smith, so that's better online for you on AJC.com. And our quotes, our quote sheet, we, uh, we've we got quotes from Dante Fowler and A.J. Terrell and, uh, you know, everything that Matt Ryan, Keith Smith, Corderell, and Arthur Smith said after the game are also posted on AJC.com. All right, so let's move on to our game notes. 
And uh, then we'll go over the player notes. And then we're going to finish with a little, a little fun talk. So, uh, here's the uh, game notes. 21-14, TIAA Bank Field on Sunday for the O-Heads. It's the Gator Bowl. <laughs> so, that's where it is. It's the Gator Bowl. They spruced it up for the pro team, but for us, it's still the Gator Bowl. Falcons offense, they had a season high 149 rushing. Uh, the previous high was 124 against the Eagles, 26 carries in the uh, opener. And uh, they only had three other games where they went over 100, and one of them was garbage 100 at Dallas. They have scored, um, the offense scored touchdowns on all three trips in the red zone. That's good, three for three. Uh, the defense limited Jacksonville to one touchdown on three red zone trips. That's 33% and 0 for 2 on fourth down. Uh, and also, Chris Lindstrom served as the Falcons' sixth captain today, or, or Sunday. Chris Lindstrom was the captain. So, um... Player notes here. Let's look at, uh, you know, we went over Corderell. Um, great game, great runs. He's bouncing it outside. Looked like they were able to control the edges a little bit better, um, you know, and, and get out and run that ball. So that's always a plus when you can run the ball. The passing game looked funky because they knew where the routes were. So Matt had to hold the ball. Um, and, you know, they were sitting on his check downs too. So, think they got to mix up the route combinations, uh, flip them, uh, or, you know, guys got to get open. I don't know. You know, maybe it's not the scheme and it's the guys. But he held the ball a lot of times in this game, uh, you know, so you got to have a running game with it. And then the passing game has got to be a surprise when you do it. But uh, they were not surprised. The, the um, <laughs> Jags were in place, and Matt Ryan only completed – uh, 19 of 29 passes for 190 yards, one touchdown and one interception. He had an 81.1 uh, passer rating. Corderell Patterson, that was a career high in rushing, 108 and rushing touchdowns. Uh, so that was good. It was averaging 6.7 yards a carry. Everybody's going to take that. And uh, he's the first Falcon running back to rush for 100 yards and two touchdowns in a game since Devontae Freeman. In week 15 of the 2016 season. So, yeah, saw Devontae in the late night game there. He's fitting in in Baltimore, helping them out. They beat the Browns 16 to 10 in a uh, in an ugly, uh, ugly game. Uh, Baker Mayfield, they dared him to beat him, and he couldn't do it. And Lamar was raggedy, just throwing it all over the place. And then they finally hit a couple lucky deep balls. But, hey, that's how they live with the Ravens up there. Back to the Falcons. <laughs> Mike Davis, 41 scrimmage yards, 25 uh, receiving, 16 rushing. Now, that's probably his role is to come in and, and, and you know, relieve Patterson, you know, they went with him as the lead back, but they, you know, probably didn't know how they were going to be able to do Patterson. And now that they know, um, you know, they got a rotation now because even Wayne Gallman got in there and got some action. So Russell Gage was the second receiver. They, you know, they weren't going to let Kyle Pitts come back to Florida and turn it out. So he had a police escort from the time he got on the field uh, on Sunday. 
but Russell Gage had six catches for 62 yards, uh, 10.3, and a touchdown. It was the second of the season, seventh of his career. Now, defensively, you know, the big news before the game was uh, Deion Jones had a shoulder injury that popped up on Friday, and, um, you know, Arthur Smith put him on the injury report right away, and, uh, he couldn't play, so D, uh, Mikhail Walker uh, made a start. It was his seventh start. He started six times last year, but first time under a new regime, and he had 11 tackles, one quarterback hit, one pass defense, and a special teams tackle. So he led the team with 11 tackles. Um, you know, a couple he got beat on the two-point conversion, and uh, Robinson slipped the tackle for a 26-yarder. Uh, but, you know, Coach uh, Smith lauded him for being ready to go and, and playing a pretty good game there. Uh, Artie Agunjade had a, a career-high nine tackles. He was second, including one for a tackle for loss. And uh, Anthony Rush, who's been getting a lot of time in the middle of defense there, uh, he had two tackles and a forced fumble, uh, forced the Robinson fumble that Marlon Davidson fell on. So a uh, good job for him. Fourier Ulakan had nine tackles. He was coming in and out of the game. I don't know if that was rest or what. Wasn't an injury announced. Dante Fowler, former Jaguar, came home, started his career here, uh, got him a sack and a forced fumble. He didn't really care much for the organization, but uh, he does like the guys he played with. Uh, Miles Jack, I think he's about the only one left. Um, yeah, Marlon Davidson got the fumble recovery. Terrell had six tackles. Uh, Deron Harmon had two and one interception. The Falcons won the turnover battle two to one. Uh, that was his first interception with the Falcons, Deron Harmon, and the 20th of his career. Okay. Uh, Richie Grant and Darren Hall played a lot, and uh, Richie Grant finished with three solo tackles and a career-high two tackles for loss. Uh, young Ho, Young Way Koo made uh, three or three point afters and had his uh, field goal taken off the board and had a special teams tackle there. Uh, and Thomas Morstead punted five times for 228 yards, 48.4. He was punting for Dustin Colquitt in the uh, retired home of the punter's room for the Falcons where. Uh, the average age is 37. <laughs> so Thomas, uh, he had three inside the 20, along of 55. So, you know, um, somebody saw that, and one of the playoff teams might pick him up when he's let go when Colquitt gets back. Or, or we'll see. Colquitt uh, and Josh Andrews should be coming back this week from the COVID reserve list. So there we have the game notes and the player notes. Let's look at some team stats and some deeper, deeper dive into the player stats before we get on to our fun stuff here at the end today. So 21 to 21st downs. Uh, Falcons are still 5 of 10, 5 of 12, excuse me, on third downs. You know, we know what the numbers were in the other two previous games. That's a little little bit better. Uh, total net yards, 332. Of course, 135 of that is uh, Cordero Patterson. 
59 plays to 71. They couldn't close out the game again. That was disturbing. Uh, average um, game, 5.6. Rushing net, 149. Passing net, 183. Penalties, 5 for 26. But they didn't have any stupid, real stupid ones like the Jags did. Whoa. And the turnover battle, 2-1. to one. The uh, fumble recovery and the interception. Uh, the punt, we got that average. So, three TDs to one. No field goals to two. And time of possession, 30 minutes and 52 seconds to 29 and 8 seconds. So, those are your team stats. Now, player stats. Let's move on to those. All right, we went through Ryan and Patterson. Uh, Gallman played. He got four for 19. That's almost five a carry. Uh, Mike Davis, five for 16. You know, he's still at three. But, you know, if he come in and give a blow, then, uh, hey, maybe he found his lane. And uh, Matt Ryan, like I said, he held it a bunch of times because they were the receivers were covering. He ran for six yards. Four, ran four times for six yards. And so, yeah. Kyle Pitts did get two catches for 26. Tajay Sharp, two for 22. Uh, Keith, had, Keith Smith had two for 16. Had one, you know, nice little stiff arm there. Looked real, real, made it look real easy. No, it wasn't, but it looked easy. Uh, Parker Hesse had one for seven, and Zacchaeus had one for five. They went to him on a fourth down or third down, a little slant. And um, I don't know if the ball was behind him, if he should have caught it or not, but that was interesting. Defense, uh, behind Walker Agundajay and Ulakon, uh, A.J. Terrell had six tackles. Eric Harris had six. Jalen Hopkins, four. He returned to action. Darren Hall was playing a lot uh, at the nickel. You know, they're mixing and matching that every week. He had three. Richie Grant had three. And Anthony Rush, two tackles. Uh, Fowler had his two. And Davidson with the fumble recovery. Okay, we did the kicking and the punting. Now, um, returns. Corderell was taking off the kickoff return team. And that was uh, because they were going to lean a little bit heavier on him in the rushing game. So, um, Avery Williams had Four kickoff returns for 99 yards, 91 yards, uh, average of 22.8, and I uh, had one punt return for three yards. So, there you go. That's our um, team stats and player stats out of the victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday to improve to five and six. So what does that all mean in the land of five and six? The Falcons have six games to go. And uh, let's look at the NFC South, their wins and losses, and then we'll we'll talk about my tweet. Well, let's read it. I said, I know what was said after the Falcons win today, but I refuse to acknowledge playoff talk from sub-500 teams. There, I said it. Beat the Bucks and Panthers. Then we can have these discussions. All right. That was my hot take after the game. So, I'm like, hey, man, y'all five or six. Y'all ain't really beat nobody. Um, y'all talking about y'all in the hunt. 
Okay, so, okay, the world champ's coming in town. Let's prove to me you're legitimately in the hunt. Beat them, get to 500, get over 500. That's what I've been waiting for. Every time they get to four and four, three and three, you know, they can't make the move. So, I mean, yeah, you have, yeah, you beat Jacksonville, you know, wins a win in the NFL. You're supposed to beat Jacksonville. But anyway. Let's keep let's stay on our lane. I'm like I, I'm not I'm not I'm not talking about the playoffs on a five and six team that's not under five not can't get over five hundred. Get over five hundred first. And then quit talking about we're in the hunt. And uh Matt Ryan, yeah, you're in December and you play meaningful games. If people said that, you know, I'll take it. So I understand that because, I mean, yeah, it's been kind of bleak. <laughs> you know, they started 0 and five. Uh, the last, uh, you know, two previous years, you know, I mean, they were out of the hump before you got, you know, to uh, October. So I understand, but um, and and you know, last year was four and twelve, seven and nine, and then that other, uh, the seven and nine was funky because they started owing something again and went to six and two to give false hope they had it turned around. But you just had them wild streaks like that. So, I mean, I need the streak here so for y'all to be legitimately talking about the playoffs. So, let me read that again so that for the people in the back. I know what was said after the Falcons win today. I'm referencing to the playoff and we're in the hunt talk of, uh, of several of the Falcons. But I refuse to acknowledge playoff talk from a sub-500 team. There, I said it. Beat the Bucks and Panthers. Then we can have these discussions. All right. So, if anybody wants to write about a five and six playoff team, um, maybe Cunningham will do a column on it. Maybe Mark Bradley will uh, uh, bless us with uh, his thoughts. But uh, definitely heading in the right direction. But I'm not talking about no five and six playoff team. Unless, you know, of course, my editor, Chris, calls me and says, hey, do me a story on the 5 or 6 playoff team. So, um, right now, they're on the bubble of the playoff hunt. And in second place in the NFC South, the Bucks are 8-3. and three. And, by the way, they're 10-point favorites. They open as 10-point favorites over the Falcons on uh, uh, last night on the line, on, on Bet Online AG. Um, folks send me their line, so I use it. Uh, to share with you all for your betting and wagering purposes. So they're five and six. They're ahead of the Saints because they beat them. They're five and six, and the and the uh, Panthers are five and seven. So Cam wasting all that energy running to have you know running to midfield doing Superman and all that. You're not really back because uh, you're zero two. So. You know, the Panthers were, you know, they knew they were reaching when they went and tried to dust Cam off. But he'll be ready to play when they play the Falcons. I know that. So that's, um, we got that to look forward to. So that's the NFC South. So the Falcons' wins are against the Giants, Jets, Miami, Saints, and Jaguars. Okay, and as they currently situated, none of those teams are going to the playoffs. Okay, the, um, Losses are to Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, Washington football, Carolina, Dallas, and New England. As currently situated, they are 0-3 against teams that are in the playoffs. 
And they lost to some bad teams. The bad losses are Eagles, Washington football, and Carolina. So, I mean, you know, that's the NFL. That's the middle of the NFL. That's life in the middle of the the NFL. And the Falcons are in the middle of the NFL right now. You know, where it's designed to go 8-8. So, if the playoffs started tomorrow, I said I wasn't going to write a story about it, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, Arizona, Green Bay, Bucks, Cowboys are in at 9 and 2, 9 and 3, 8 and 3, 7 and 4. Rams would be the Rams, 49ers, Vikings would be the wild card. 7 and 4, 6 and 5, 6 and 5. And at number 8, it's your Atlanta Falcons, the 5 and 6. The Saints, 5 and 6. Eagles, 5 and 7. And Carolina, 5 and 7. So somebody from that group can make the push. And we'll tell you how the Falcons can do it. Okay, now the bottom group, I mean, I think they're done. Unless somebody could push from here, maybe Seattle. I don't know. I wasn't too impressed with Chicago on Thanksgiving. But anyway, from the bottom group, anybody could run the table. That's what they got to do now. And that group includes Washington, 4-6, and six, Giants, 4-7. and seven. They're a hot mess. Uh, Chicago, 4-7. and seven. They got the red rifle rolling right now. So, uh, in Seattle, three and seven. That would be your team. So, can they win six, get to nine and seven? Okay, maybe they can do that. Uh, Detroit is 0 10 and one and trying to win the Thibodeau sweepstakes for the number one pick. They're way out in front on that. So, there you have it. Now, here's a. Uh, this is what the Falcons got, you know, for me to do a playoff story. They got Tampa Bay at Carolina, at San Francisco, Detroit, at Buffalo, and New Orleans. So, okay, they're going to be heavy dogs in three of those games. Since San Francisco's put it together, I'm putting them in that group now. So, Tampa Bay, they're 10-point dogs already. Uh, at San Francisco, they're going to be underdogs. And then at Buffalo, they're going to be underdogs. So they're going to, you know, they need to win at Carolina against Detroit and beat the Saints again. Okay, so if they do that, that's 3-3. Three and three. That's 8-9. and nine. Hey, that was a good season for first, uh, you know, first-year staff, first-year makeover. That's going to be solid. Nobody's going to be able to sneeze at that. But it's not going to get you in the playoffs. So, okay, so you want to talk playoffs. So, okay, win those three. And beat one of the 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 three playoff teams you're gonna play. You know, you steal one of them. Maybe it's San Francisco. Maybe it's Buffalo. Maybe they're getting ready for the playoffs and they don't really want to play. Uh, maybe you just slug it out with Tampa Bay uh, for more than a quarter. Uh, we got we tried to that second game of the season got all ugly. But anyway, beat one of them. You're nine and eight. Then uh, you're gonna be you're gonna be there. If you beat two of them, you're going to be in the playoffs. So, that would be 10-7. and seven. So, you know, beat the Dogs, which they did on Sunday. They beat Jacksonville. But you're going to have to beat one of these good teams to get in the playoffs. And, hey, say, what, what if the Falcons just get, like, hot, hot, hot here down the stretch and, and run the table? That means they beat the three um, Dogs and the three good teams. And Carolina's not good. 
Detroit's not good, and the Saints are not good. Got a backup quarterback. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if we'll see Jared Goff or the Tim Boyle guy. But you got to stop DeAndre Swift if he's uh, back. I think he got hurt on Thanksgiving. Then you know Carolina, they're a hot mess. McCaffrey's in the boot again. Cam's running around looking crazy. Um, so, um, but you know they'll play the Falcons tough. So nothing's gonna be easy. But okay, beat somebody is what I'm saying. Um, you know you're doing a good job against some of these lower level teams. Although you blew Washington football in Carolina, you'd have won them too. You've been sitting at seven and four and. Be a whole different discussion, but um, with six games to go, three and three split is what it looks like. The best, one of the best possible scenarios. But hey, surprise everybody! Win one of these games. Beat Tampa Bay on Sunday. You know, then uh, beat the Panthers. Then will the Falcons be over 500 for the first time since the 2017 season? Now we can start talking about the playoffs. That would be on the table at that point. So for me, I'm going to get on back to Atlanta. We only have a Zoom call with Arthur Smith. I'll try to come up with a follow-up story uh, out of the locker room from yesterday and remix it with some Arthur Smith. Then we'll move on to uh, looking at Tampa Bay. And then on Wednesday, we'll be back for... uh, You'll get some more player availability on Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, Friday. And uh, post it up on AJC.com for you. So with that, we're going to get out of here. The Falcons, 5-6 and six, on the fringe of the playoffs. Under 500. So there you go. And then a lot of people know that, that hey, well, I guess the uh, Seattle going to the playoffs didn't really matter when they went 7-9. Yeah, that was an anomaly. Um, and, uh, you know, that division was just really bad that year. I think the the um, Panthers went one year with a 7-8-1 record uh, under Ron Rivera. So, I mean, if that's what you want, hey, good luck with that. So, we're going to get on out of here. We're going to thank you for listening to the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. And, um, you know, follow us on Twitter at DOrlandoAJC. Go to our Facebook page, Atlanta Falcons News Now, and hit the like button. Uh, and bookmark us at AtlantaAJC.com and the Atlanta Falcons page. So with that, take care and have a great rest of your week. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.